0: I could stay here forever.
1: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
0: For Panina Tournay, this is success.
1: Success for me is I, I hope and I wish that my legacy will continue long after I'm gone.
0: From Business Insider, I'm Rich Filoni. Panina Tournay never thought she'd become one of the world's most sought-after bridal gown designers. She spent most of her childhood dreaming of becoming an actress. By the time she was in her late 20s, that dream seemed far-fetched. She was a single mom, struggling to support herself and stay healthy. Tournay pulled herself out of that slump by relying on her unshakable faith in a better future. Now, her gowns are popular around the world, and she and her work are prominently featured in the long-running TLC reality show Say Yes to the Dress. Her success in fashion has translated to a career on screen, fulfilling her childhood dream.
1: So I was three and a half years old. I remember, I I really have the vision of the moment that I decided that all I wanted to be is the woman in the television. At the time, I, I thought it was a box. I didn't know what it was, really. But I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, this is what I want to do. And that's how I led my, my whole childhood. I never really studied in school. I used to uh, sit in class and say, well, why do I need math? I- I'm not going to need math for, you know, for being, for being an actress or geography or history. All I wanted to be uh, was an actress. And I did become an actress in Israel. I acted in um, a few features in a few sitcoms, and I am a reality star in Israel.
0: You went to Paris to study acting, right?
1: I went to Paris to study acting, but then I married my first husband, and um, he made it very clear that acting will not take place in our home. And I was too young, and- um, So you accepted that? I accepted that, yes, I accepted that. And looking backwards today, I truly don't believe that there are mistakes or coincidences. And sometimes you have to to set aside your dreams in order to find the path that you have to take, which is, I believe, your calling.
0: How did it feel in that moment, though, when you were seemingly letting go of a dream?
1: I don't think I really understood what I was doing. I was too young. I wasn't the woman that I am today. I was more submitted to my husband. And it was a very, very tough marriage. It was an abusive marriage. So at the time, I, I didn't have the luxury to really think twice whether I was doing the right thing or not. I became a mother at the age of 23. Everything happened in a way where I, I, you know, I, I didn't think that pursuing my dream at the time was the most important thing. And every bride that would come to me with her story and tell me how she feels, sometimes also her hesitations and, you know, her hardships, I would always put aside the dress and make sure that I was giving her the right advice even if it meant to tell my bride to postpone a wedding. Because what I went through in life was an experience that allowed me to give it as an example to other women. And, you know, if a bride would come in and say to me that she's going through a very tough time with her fiancé and she's being disrespected or abused i would I would always tell her the truth. I would always tell her that these things do not get better. they only get worse, so maybe she should you know postpone, think about it. and most of these brides that decided not to get married came back to my store years after with an engagement ring and and you know it always it always made me very happy when they said to me that this time they're They know they're marrying the right person.
0: You returned to Israel. Is that when you decided that you were going to have some more independence?
1: No. I came back to Israel and faced um, the toughest time of my life because my ex-husband, the father of my son, took away my son from me. And I found myself with no hope or a reason to continue and to continue living. It was like, you know, the first thing you want to do is just put an end to everything. And I remember the moment, I said to myself that I have two choices. One is to have self-pity, and you know, to just let go of everything. And the other is to start being the woman I came to be, and struggle and achieve everything that i want to achieve so that the day my son will return to me i will already have everything i need in order to give him a better a better future and to show him that in life it's better to to fight for for your dreams for becoming who you're supposed to be. So that's what I did. And I wanted to do something that could utilize the pain and the sorrow and turn it into something good. And something good means to help others and to make them happy. So I had no fashion education. I never studied fashion. But because I did have a lot of taste in fashion, I started creating ready-to-wear, dresses, pants, suits.
0: How did you learn how to do that?
1: If you would tell me at the age of 16 that I would be a fashion designer, and my best friend at the time used to always say that to me and I, would just, you know, wouldn't talk to her for a week. because Which she would la- say that to you, that, that you I would be become a designer? A designer Why would al- she say that? I always had a lot of taste in fashion. I always dressed all my friends. I always, you know, I used to take my mother's tablecloths and, and precious, you know, um, linen and, and just cut them into tops for my friends or skirts. And um, it wasn't at all what I wanted to become a designer wasn't at all my dream.
0: So it was almost like you didn't go to school for it, but you had some training even as a child, yeah. like just... Well,
1: my notebooks are all filled with sketches of of dresses, of ball gowns, of everything that has to do with fashion. So I took that, I found a seamstress, and I started, you know, just creating, taking out patterns from my own clothes and turning them to something else. And because... I rented this little store in Tel Aviv, and I had one mirror in the store. It was right next to the entrance, to the door. And I didn't have enough finances to hire a model, so I became my own model, which is not ideal because I'm five foot tall. But I remember every time I stood in front of the mirror, checking the dress and seeing that everything was well made, there would always be a customer coming in and saying, Where can I get this dress?
0: You had to be like your own mannequin. And (laughs) and they would buy it off
1: my back. And that's how it started. And I became overnight Israel's leading bridal designer.
0: Wait, how? How did that happen so So quickly?
1: (laughs) That happened. Um, It was funny because I had these beautiful evening dresses and I had nothing in white in the store. But women would come in and say, you know, I'm getting married. I would like this dress in white every every stylist came to my store everyone wanted my dresses i remember brides you know crying because i couldn't i couldn't cope with orders i didn't have enough seamstresses i would hire uh, a new seamstress every time i had the finances to do that and little by little it just happened uh, i did a lot of fashion shows television shows dressed a lot of celebrities and you know it just happens
0: i saw one story that said that um your gown got on on the front page of a bunch of israeli newspapers yes yeah
1: yes, what happened there? well it was funny because this bride who who bought a dress uh got married in the north of israel and on at her wedding while she was under the chuppah there were missiles flying over her head and there was a there was an uh a journalist there, and he took a picture, and it was in the front page of the newspaper.:
0: So everyone saw your your address the next day. <laughs> Everybody saw this, my yeah. dress the next day was Was it weird to have this exposure with something that was otherwise like a dark image with missiles like violence?
1: Well, you know, um, that's quite a common scene in Israel, unfortunately, so we we don't take it that bad anymore because you know it's just it's what is It is what it is yeah yes. It's what it is. So, yes, I mean, it's 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 amazing to see something that is horrifying and a bride and a groom committing to their love at the same time.
0: So when you had everything going so well in Israel, what made you decide that you wanted to expand, like to go to the United States?
1: Well, you know, Israel is very small, um, somehow like me, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I... I I think I'm, I made a wedding dress for almost every family in the country. And I remember um, that I heard about this store in New York called Kleinfeld and that it was um, the most successful store in the world for bridal. So that was the next challenge. That was the next thing I set to myself to, to do. And I wanted to find a way to go and meet the owners of the store but it was quite impossible. So one day I had this bride who came into the store with her mother and they chose two dresses. The bride chose a dress. Sorry to step back. So
0: this was at Kleinfeld.
1: No, that was still, that was still in my store in Tel Aviv. So this bride comes into the store with her mother and they both choose my dresses. The bride chooses a wedding dress and the mother an evening dress. And, At the end of the appointment, they say to me that their father will come the following day and seal the deal. So I say, okay. And the father came the day after. And he said to me, listen, your dresses are very expensive. And I said, yes, I know. (laughs) But they're also very beautiful. And he said, what can we do? What, what, What can we do in order to find a way to barter? You'll give me the dresses, and I'll do something for you. And I said, well, what do you do in life? He said, I'm an entrepreneur. I can get you almost anything you want. And I said, you know, the only thing I want is to meet with the owners of Kleinfeld in New York. At the time, they were still in Brooklyn. So the man, you know, took a day or two and came back to me and said, okay, I have a meeting for you. With so the he owners. was
0: able to make it happen.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> that 's what happened. Uh, the next thing I knew was I was on a plane with my dresses on my way to kleinfeld, and that wasn't that was an easy beginning That was really not an easy beginning because I remember the day uh, where I came to Kleinfeld and showed my dresses, and the buyer was looking at my dresses with a very weird face saying... Well, we are never going to sell these dresses in America. These dresses will never sell in America. We, you know, they're too sexy. They're too daring. um, What,
0: like too revealing? Too
1: revealing, too sexy, too ahead of their time. I was saying, you know, you don't have anything like this. I, I think you should try and see if my dresses can sell in your store. And she said, well, thank you, but no thank you.
0: How did that feel? Awful. You traveled all this way to awful. New York.
1: It felt awful, and I flew back home, and I remember myself crying the whole way. Like you know, twelve hours of crying is not <laughs> <laughs> That's is not something I recommend to anyone. But anyway, I went back home, and I um, decided to create a collection of dresses that would be more adapted to The American Bride, but still be different.
0: So at at what point you were really down being like, I I blew it, like it doesn't work. What made you think, you know what, I'm going to show them, I'll adapt to it?
1: I never give up. I'm the kind of person that if you throw me out of the door, I'll come back through the window. I can still hear my mother say, may she rest in peace. Um, When I was a child, she would always say, what am I going to do with this child? Nothing can stop her. If she wants something, even if God comes down to earth, he will delay her um, by 10 minutes max. So this is how I am. And I went back home, worked on a new collection, and sent it back to Kleinfeld with an email saying, please expose these dresses in your store. If they don't sell, send them back to me. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from the owner of Kleinfeld saying, I think we have a problem with your dresses. And I say, no, not again. Please, I did everything I could do. And she says, well, we're selling too many and we're not sure you can manufacture as much.
0: It's a better problem to have.
1: Yes. And the rest is history.
0: Well, they got to be like really famous nationally in the U.S. too because of the TLC show, Say Yes to the Dress. When did that happen?
1: Say Yes to the Dress started filming nine years ago and it Changed the whole game.
0: So, how long was that after you had made the partnership?
1: It was around four years, three and a half years. So, when Say Yes to the Dress started filming, none of us had an idea of what it was going to become. And the show is, you know, aired in over 120 countries in the whole world. So, that's like amazing. I cannot walk the streets in most of the countries that I visit. It's crazy. Like people run after me in in languages that I sometimes don't yeah. understand, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And it's a, it's also a show that everybody loves watching. Even if you're not getting married, it's always amazing to see how a bride chooses her dress, what she's going through behind the scenes and and how At the end, there's always a happy ending.
0: What was it like being a designer in Kleinfeld before the show and then afterward?
1: I can tell you that today, even if I have a moment between brides, which I usually don't because I see around 90 to 120 brides a day on a weekend.
0: A day? H- how a does day. that happen? <laughs> I
1: don't even know. Don't ask me. Yeah. I sometimes, the day is over and I can't feel my feet and, and my jaws hurt. Wait, What from, does that
0: look like? Are you just like bouncing it's around? It's crazy because or?
1: there are so many pedestals on the floor and I'm just, you know, dancing around. Yes, just like you say it. So even if I have a moment to sit and grab a bite or rest or take a breath, I have someone waiting in the lobby for hours that is just waiting to take a picture. So what do you do? Like do you sit and rest for a moment or do you go out there to a fan that deserves all your love and your all your attention?
0: Yeah, so it's like Kleinfeld it became almost like a tourist
1: attraction of course. because of the show. Absolutely. We have so many people coming in that don't need a wedding dress at all, but just want to see the scene and uh, touch the dream.
0: Was there ever a risk of maybe too much attention or too much demand after the show?
1: You know, it it really depends how you look at it. I, I don't see too much as too much. I see too much as a new opportunity, as a challenge, as the next level and the next step to take. So for me, there's never too much. I believe that if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And there's nothing... I fear more than moving backwards.
0: Yeah, so did it start that you you used to kind of like go back and forth like more, frequ- like you would spend like a couple weeks here, a month or something?
1: I, for, for 13 years, yeah. I traveled every month yeah. Tel Aviv, New York, 12 hours of flight back and forth.
0: Like at what point did going back and forth end up just where it's like, all right, this is going to be a full half the time?
1: So three and a half years ago, I came here with my best friend, and um, we the first time we arrived to Kleinfeld, the car just you know parked in front of the entrance, and I came out of the car, and there was this group of women standing outside of Kleinfeld, certainly waiting for you know, for one of us to arrive, (laughs) one of the stars of Say Yes to the Dress. And I get off the car and it's, you know, it's a ritual. You kiss everybody, you hug everybody, you take pictures and we love you, we love you. And it's amazing. But, you know, I noticed that Michal was like frozen in the back. And I say to her, Come, I said, you know, boy in Hebrew, like move. We need to, I mean, I have brides waiting for me. That's the most important thing <laughs> yeah. today is to, you know, start working with my brides. And she was like, I don't know, moonstruck. And we went into the store, and I remember her holding my hand, like pulling me back and saying, Penina, this is fucking New York. <laughs> Do you realize? <laughs> Do you realize that? This is not Israel. This is New York. Did you, did you see what just happened? I said, yes, this happens every day. So she said to me, well, if this happens every day, you have an opportunity here that you are not grabbing. And just the
0: huge demand.
1: I mean, if you're already loved to that extent, then maybe you should fulfill your dream and and have a show of your own. And we started that, the whole journey, Three and a half years ago, and great things have been happening since then.
0: So it's really like a, yeah. a new chapter in your career. It's a new
1: chapter in my career. I decided that in order to make it happen, I had to move to New York because this is where it's happening. So, and of course, it's my favorite city in the world. And as a you know a shopaholic that I am, New York is is the best place to live.
0: Yeah. So it's like as we're talking about all of this expansion and stuff, I, I saw. An interview that you did several years ago, where you said that you were exhausted but happy. Are, are you still exhausted? I'm
1: always exhausted.
0: <laughs> well, is that something but I'm that, always
1: happy? Yeah, is that something yes.
0: that you actually seek out? Because I, I would imagine that at this point, you could probably hire people to do what you're doing. I
1: have an amazing team, and they but all, hire even
0: more people. I, I yeah.
1: trust me. <laughs> yeah. I hire every good person that I see. <laughs> By the way. Would you like to work for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I, whenever I see someone that could be helpful to my business, the first thing I do is offer them a job. But I'm, I'm the kind of person who really loves to do what I'm doing. And because I have two careers today, it is, it is a lot. It, it is a lot of hours.
0: How, what are those two careers? As, so as you see it?
1: I have become a television personality I'm flying back to Israel for an audition for a major role in a movie. So that's that's my life. I learned my text on the plane and in between brides. I mean, being exhausted is not something that I see as negative. I learned how to utilize every second that I have in order to bring back the energy. And I think it's it's a waste of time not to do anything. I don't have a problem with with overdoing.
0: And it sounds like you're always trying to expand what you're already working on. What is your vision for where you want to take your business next?
1: I would love uh, to make sure that every bride in the world who wishes to be a Panina bride can walk down her aisle in a Panina dress. And that means creating a line that would be much more affordable because... I started as a couture designer and couture dresses are very expensive and now I have two lines. I have the couture line and I have a diffusion line which is called Love by Panina Tournay. And I decided to call it Love because for so many years I've been receiving uh, messages from brides from all around the world on my social media saying my dream is to be a Panina bride. I could never afford a dress of yours. I love you. And even though I can't buy a dress of you, you're my raw model. You're my you're my favorite designer. So I decided to give back the love to all these dresses and to create a line that would be more affordable. But still, as affordable as it may be, it is not affordable enough in order to cater every bride's that wants to be a So bride.
0: without like compromising the brand. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. So it would have to be something that really brings the product to as many brides as can be. That that is what I would love to do as a next step.
0: We had talked about the struggles that you had personally in overcoming those challenges When you look at your career and growing your business, what would you say the biggest challenge you've overcome in that sense, professionally, has been?
1: I think the biggest challenge is learning how to put my ego aside. I think um, creators have a lot of ego because you need ego in order to be innovative, in order to be creative, in order to become a one-of-a-kind. But then you need to turn that into something positive because ego has two aspects. One is positive. It pushes you. It, it gives you the drive to become successful. And the other aspect is negative. It makes you think that you are above everyone and that it's all about you. Until the day I die, I will always do my best, to put my ego aside, it's about my bride, it's about my customer, it's being thankful to every opportunity I have in life. I I don't take anything for granted.
0: So is the way that you've learned to deal with that is trying to find that, remind yourself of the appreciation?
1: Absolutely. If a bride tells me that she wants to change a dress, she doesn't like my dress. Of course, the first reaction would be, why doesn't she like my dress? (laughs) The (laughs) ego comes (laughs) in. What's wrong with my dress? I'm one of the biggest designers in the world. (laughs) But then I make sure that I hear her because it is her dress, not my dress. I am here to make her dream come true and to make her feel as beautiful as I can make her feel on her wedding day. So it's really not about me.
0: How do you personally define success?
1: I personally define success by what we leave in this world after we're gone, how we impact others, how we influence others, how we empower others. And um, success for me is I, I hope and I wish that my legacy will continue long after I'm gone. I truly look back at my life And I um, thank the tough moments more than I thank the good moments. I truly believe that what didn't kill me made me stronger and brought me to this point in life where I have earned the right to help others make a change. And, 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 And it all happened together. It was side by side. It was my personal life and my career life. I remember moments where I, I heard a bride talking about her own story. I was strong for her, but I would go in the back of the store and burst in tears because it reminded me of my story. It brought everything back. But you know what? Nobody promised us a rose garden. And the beauty in life is that if you are true to yourself and you walk your path, you can, you can create quite a beautiful garden. We all have the abilities to do that.
0: Well, thank you very much, Panina.
1: Thank you so much, Rich.
0: Thanks for listening to This is Success from Business Insider. Our show is produced by Anna Mazarakis and Sarah Wyman. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer, and I'm Rich Felloni. Before you go, we've got something about Panina Tournay you won't learn on Say Yes to the Dress.
1: If you ask the people that work for me, <laughs> I'm the weirdest boss in the world. Like, in my business, you cannot eat a banana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: Because I can faint if I, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I smell a banana. So I was on a live show in Miami, yeah. a morning show. So imagine I was like with an empty stomach. It was... Uh-huh early in the morning and they had prepared because they knew i was a master chef they wanted me to to make an ice cream
0: Uh
1: and believe it or not it was a banana ice cream and i said to myself what are the odds i'm sure it's going to be blackberries i love blueberries i love all the berries it's going to be like a a berries ice cream and they opened the box and i felt like i don't if i don't leave like immediately Uh that the counter, I'm fainting in front of everybody.
0: Did you just leave?
1: I just, I said it, I said it, it was on live. I said, I'm so, so sorry, I'm so sorry. I have an allergy to bananas. Can I please, can I please not be here?
0: Next week on the show, we've got Jen and Wendy Yingling, one half of the four sister team running America's oldest brewery. The new generation's making some changes at Yingling, but don't worry, they're not getting carried away. Innovation hasn't necessarily been our business model, To hear that episode and more, make sure you subscribe to our show. And while you're at it, give us a rating and leave us a review to let us know what you think. They both really help others find the show. This is Success is a production of Insider Audio.